Hallelujah. This is Praise Jesus Christ Ministries. This is Minister Nelson. Welcome. And uh, we are going to read today from the Holy Bible, from the Holy Book of Judges, the Book of Judges, Chapter 1. Let's go. Let's pray first, though. Lord Jesus, guide us as we fellowship, as we get into your word. Give us this daily bread. Lord, provide the increase. Lord, convict souls that need to be convicted of anything. Draw us closer to you. That is the whole purpose and intent of us going through your word. So that we would be hearers and do your word. To, uh, to read, believe, and apply it. And we thank you for this opportunity, God. In your mighty name we pray. In the holy name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. So this is the book of Judges, chapter 1. Now after the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord, saying, Who shall go up for us against the Canaanites first to fight against them? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have delivered the land into his hand. And Judah said to Simeon, his brother, Come up with me into my lot that we may fight against the Canaanites, and I likewise will go with you into thy lot. So Simeon went with him, and Judah went up, and the Lord delivered the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hand, and they slew of them in Bezek ten thousand men. And they found Adonai Bezek in Bezek, and they fought against him. And they slew the Canaanites and the Perizzites, but Adonai Bezek fled and they pursued after him and caught him and cut off his thumbs and his great toes. Wow. Verse 7. And Adonai Bezek said three score and ten. Whenever you read the Bible and it says uh, three score, that's 60. The number 60. So three score and ten is 70. So 70 kings having their thumbs and their great toes. That I would assume that's their big thumb toe. You know, your big toe. Uh, had it all cut off. Gathered their meat under my table, as I have done, so God has requited me, and they brought him to Jerusalem, and there he died. Now the children of Judah had fought against Jerusalem, and had taken it, and smitten it with the edge of the sword, and set the city on fire. You have to remember, in the context, Israel is coming into the promised land. You had all these different nations who were within the, the land of the Canaanites. You had uh, seven different nations, and Mainly that, that that the Lord went before Israel to, to destroy pretty much and brought them into this land. Right. So let's keep reading. Verse nine. And afterward, the children of Judah went down to fight against the Canaanites that dwelt in the mountain and in the south and in the valley. And Judah went against the Canaanites that dwelt in Hebron. Now, the name of Hebron before was Kerjath Arba. And they slew Shishai and Ahimin and Talmai. And from thence he went against the inhabitants of Debir. And the name of Debir before was Kerjaf Sefer. And Caleb said, He that smites Kerjaf Sefer and takes it, to him will I give Aksa, my daughter, to wife. That was like a common thing back in those times where men would give uh, their daughters to wife. Uh, a man who proved himself as a warrior or, or something like this. Uh, it reminds me of, as we read later on in the Bible, when David, he had got 
uh, the 204 skins. And King Saul only asked for 100, but David, he went above and beyond and got 200 so he could that marry his daughter, Michal, right? Uh, verse 13, and Atniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, took it, and he gave him Aksa, his daughter, to wife. So technically that was his niece that he wifed. Um, we know as we read the Bible later on when the law of Moses is given, and, and which we did pass, you know, Deuteronomy and Leviticus, and it says to not, uh, to know, to have relations with, with kin, you know, people who are close to your family. And as you read later on the New Testament to the book of Corinthians, you know, it speaks about sexual per perversion and uh, Paul rebuked the church of Corinth because they were doing stuff sexually that they shouldn't have been doing. Um, but I don't know. It is what it is. I don't know to think about that, but it is the Bible says it, okay? Verse 14, and it came to pass when she came to him that she moved him to ask of her father a field and she lighted off her donkey and Caleb said to her, what will you? And she said to him, give me a blessing. For you have given me a south land, give me also springs of water. And Caleb gave her the upper springs and the nether springs. Uh, and the children of the Kenite, Moses' father-in-law, that would be Jephro, when you read uh, the back in the Bible. Um, he was the priest of Midian, right? The father of Zephora, which is Moses' wife. So Moses' father-in-law, the children of the Kenite, Moses' father-in-law, went up out of the city of palm trees with the children of Judah into the wilderness of Judah, which lies in the south of Arad. And they went and dwelt among the people. And Judah went with Simeon, his brother, and they slew the Canaanites that inhabited Zephath and utterly destroyed it. And the name of the city was called Hormah. And Judah also took Geza with the coast thereof and Ashkelon with the coast thereof, and Ekron with the coast thereof. And the Lord was with Judah, and he drove out the inhabitants of the mountain, but could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley, because they had chariots of iron. Their weapons were more stronger, right? Just like when they were first coming into the promised land, they saw the giants, and they said, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. Verse 20, and they gave Hebron unto Caleb, as Moses said, uh, so it was it was a declared uh, inheritance for, Ke for Caleb, divided unto him. And he expelled thence the three sons of Anak. If I'm not mistaken, Anak was a giant. Could be wrong on that. Verse 21, and the children of Benjamin did not drive out the Jebusites that inhabited Jerusalem. So before Jerusalem is what we know it is today, it was, it was the land of the Jebusites, right? But the Jebusites dwell with the children of Benjamin in Jerusalem unto this day. So that means by the time that the book of Judges was written, they were still there. We know in present day, 2021 AD, um, there's many different types of people who are in Jerusalem. There's, there's Muslims, there's rabbinical uh, Jews, there's Christians, there's Catholics, which is, you know, Catholicism is not Christianity. And, and neither is all that other stuff. If, if it's not biblical Christianity, it's false. Uh, there's a lot of people who don't follow the God of Israel, who are in Jerusalem, who that land has been fought over, um, and a whole bunch of crazy stuff, right? Um, 
Verse 22, and the house of Joseph, they also went up against Bethel. Bethel means house of, of Beth is house. House, El is God, the house of God. Bethel, and the Lord was with them. And the house of Joseph sent to describe Bethel. Now the name of the city before was Luz. Uh, and the spies saw a man come forth out of the city. And they said to him, show us, we pray you, the entrance into the city, and we will show you mercy. And when he showed them the entrance into the city, they smote the city with the edge of the sword, but they let go the man and all his family. They kept their word. And the man went into the land of the Hittites and built a city which, and called the name thereof Luz, which is the name thereof unto this day. Neither did Manasseh drive out the inhabitants of Bethshean and her towns, nor Te'enach, and her towns, nor the inhabitants of Dor and her towns, nor the inhabitants of Ibliam and her towns, nor the inhabitants of Megiddo and her towns, but the Canaanites would dwell in that land. And it came to pass when Israel was strong that they put the Canaanites to tribute and did not utterly drive them out. What that means is basically when they went into the, to the, this land, they didn't fully utterly destroy them, but they utterly destroyed their authority in the land. And they had those people pay taxes, basically. Sort of like when, uh, during the time of Christ, the Jews were paying taxes to the Romans because the, the Romans were the ruling power on an earthly level. But we know God has all authority and, and Jesus has all authority that has been given to us uh, as part of the keys of the kingdom being given to us uh, through the resurrection. Uh, when I say us, I mean the church, the body of Christ, us as believers. Amen. Um, that does not mean that your, your life is not going to have ups and downs. That does not mean that your life is going to be 100% perfect, that, but you do have authority spiritually, but you will die one day. You will go through things. The Bible says every Christian will suffer to a degree. You, you will face persecution. You will be hated, uh, but at the same time, you do have authority. And I know that's hard for a lot of people to understand, but it's biblical. You stand on the promises of God. We stand on his word. It doesn't return to him void. When it, when it comes to us engaging in spiritual warfare, that means fighting against what the enemy tries to steal, kill, or destroy that is rightfully yours through Christ, or fighting against the enemy's uh, attack on your destiny, on your calling, on the assignments that God has for you. Because you don't just get saved to get saved. You become a Christian and you get saved so that you would preach the gospel to others, so that you would tell others about the, the saving and amazing grace of Christ so that others would give their life to the Lord. You get saved to do the work and the will of the Father. And to whatever degree that that is, the enemy might know a little bit, uh, have a hint of an idea, of a notion of what your assignment or calling is. And the enemy tries to make people die before they get saved, die before their time, die before they, they, they do what God has really called them to do. Um, but again, God is all control. Amen. And that's very comforting. Um, verse 29, neither did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites that dwelt in Gezer, but the Canaanites dwelt in Gezer among them. Neither did Zebulun drive out the inhabitants of Kitron, nor the inhabitants of Nahalo, Nahalo, I'm probably saying that wrong, but the Canaanites dwelt among them and became tributaries. Again, they was put under tax. Neither did Asher, these are, these are the tribes that it's reading through as, as they went to these different areas. Neither did Asher drive out the inhabitants of Akko, 
nor the inhabitants of Zidon, nor of Alab, nor of Achzib, nor of Helba, nor of Afik, nor of Rahab, but the Asherites dwelt among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land, for they did not drive them out. Neither did Naphtali drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh, nor the inhabitants of Bethanath, but he dwelt among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land. Nevertheless, the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh and Bethanath became tributaries unto them. So we're seeing a common pattern again and again and again. They, 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 they utterly destroyed their authority, but they didn't drive these people fully out. They put these people under tax. And as time would go on, you know, this is the book of Judges. God raises up judges. And then for a season, a judge does, you know, he delivers God's people. He, he judges between right and wrong and, and etc. But then the people are not satisfied. And as we read later on in the Bible, God uh, he's, you know, he, he wants to be the people's king. He is the people's king, rightfully. He's the king of kings, but they don't want that. His people are stiff-necked and they, they want to raise up a man over them. So that God allows it, knowing that it will only make them understand that only God can be their king. And then later on down the, the timeline of history, we understand that the Messiah, Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one is God in the flesh who comes to be and, and set the example for us to understand that he's the savior of Jew and Gentile. He came to save the, the, the descendants of all these Canaanites and Acolytes and whatever, all these people, along with the Israelites, because it's to show you that, again, God is all authority. God is the one who can solve your issues. God is the one that's going to bring you into a, a new space, a new land, a large room. And then the Israelites in the context of here, the book of Judges and, and the five books of Moses, when they're coming out of captivity, when they're coming out of Egypt and out of slavery in the house of bondage, and they're coming into the promised land, it's a foreshadow of, of what's to come. Because when you're, when you're not saved, when you were lost and dead in your sins, Christ loved you even when you were dead in your sins. And he brought you out of that Egypt, out of that world, out of that house of bondage, out of the bondage of your sin, out of the bondage of uh, the strong man, which, you know, which was the demons that had authority over you in the mind and etc. that you gave a, a portion of your free will over to. And as you give your life to God, you come into him. To a degree, he is the promised land. And when you die and you go to be with the Lord, you go to glory. You go from glory to glory. So you go you go to, to the promised land. You know, we're promised eternal life in Christ. Heaven is, is, is not the goal. Jesus is the goal. You go to be with Jesus, you're going to be in heaven. Amen? You don't want to idolize heaven. We, we want to be with Jesus no matter what. Being with him is just heaven is included in that. Heaven is worth nothing. If it doesn't have Jesus, you understand he's the focus point of everything. He's the greater judge where these, where the judges fail in the book of judges, Jesus didn't fail where the Kings that God allows men to rise up where they fail the greater King, the greater David, which is Jesus. He did not fail. Amen. Um, I think you get the point. I got to find a verse that I stopped at. Verse 34, and the Amorites forced the children of Dan into the mountain, for they would not suffer them to come down to the valley. But the Amorites would dwell in Mount Heres in Ijalon and in Shalbim. Yet the hand of the house of Joseph prevailed so that they became tributaries. And the coast of the Amorites 
was from the going up of Akrabim, from the rock and upward. Amen. I think I think uh, it's pretty clear. It's a very edifying chapter. And uh, I hope that you were blessed. Reach out if you have questions, if you need prayer. That was Judges chapter 1. As always, I'm recommending you read the, the entire books. We're just, we're just going through the first chapter throughout the books of the Bible for now uh, to just get you uh, get your feet wet, you know, so, so to speak, to get your, give, you, give you a basic understanding. We could talk about this for days and days and hours and hours, uh, but some of you, you don't have that time, and it's more practical to get a short message. So I know when to shut up. I know my cue. Uh, let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for being our judge. Thank you, Lord, for being our king. We thank you, Lord, that you've you allowed in your mercy, uh, in your your foreknowledge, these things to happen. And you provided a way out. You provided a way out of captivity. You provided a way out of bondage. You, you provided a way out of incompetent men, incompetent leaders, uh, out of our weaknesses, out of our own personal weaknesses, flaws, and error, out of the error of sin, out of the error of man. And we thank you, God, for, for being the last Adam. We thank you, Lord, for being the way, the truth, and the life. Please continue to guide us and keep us as we live for you, as we serve you, as we seek you. And may we continue to grow in our knowledge of you and uh, our love for you, which is the most important thing. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.